0: So last week, Scott spoke on Jesus as king, and today we come to think of Jesus as holy. As I was reflecting on this series, trying to figure out what is this series really going to be all about, or what do I want us to take away from the series, it took me a little while. I was trying to answer the sort of question of, okay, well, how are people going to live differently because of this? Or how is this going to apply into our lives? But I kept coming back to realizing that this series might be a little different to others, and it might not be about that. This series is simply about adoring Jesus, about seeing him for who he is, as king, as savior, as holy, as the son of God, to behold him, to love him, and to worship him. It's a series that uh, really makes me realize just how insufficient my words are to paint an accurate picture of how wonderful Jesus is. I hope that we'll get a glimpse of him. I hope that we'll see him as holy as we journey through this together. But it also gives me a great hope that there will come a day where we will not see him insufficiently, but we will see him so beautifully and perfectly and wonderfully. That Jesus, in all his holiness, will be standing right before us. As Mary, as the other characters in our story could have said. Uh, To look uh, at Jesus as holy, we're going to read a few verses from Luke chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, please open it there. Uh, If you have a church Bible, or you would like a church Bible, uh, you're on page 857. Uh, There's some church Bibles at the back if you need we're going to read Luke 2, 21 to 24. Uh, if you have an ESV, there's unhelpfully a little title in the middle of our, uh, in the middle of our passage. Some translations will put that title before verse 21. Uh, when Luke wrote it, there was no such title. Uh, we Luke 221 21 to 24. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. As we think on Jesus as holy, I want us to just uh, have a very simple definition of holy in our minds to start with. Uh, Very literally, it just means to be set apart. Uh, Now at Christmas time, it's one of the easiest times to consider Jesus as holy because we treat Christmas as a holy time in that it is set apart from the rest of the year. Uh, We know this, we all uh, do things at Christmas time that we don't do at any other time of year. Uh, we have traditions that we hold on to, we have uh, things in our home, Christmas decorations, trees, glasses, plates, and all that, that are just for Christmas. Uh, we will know, and many of us will have experienced Christmases that have been disrupted over the past couple of years, and one of the really sad parts of that is missing out on traditions that we've held on to for so long. Uh, so I, uh, I and my family, so I'll go back to my family house in Northern Ireland for Christmas, And we will be seven adults and a newborn baby. And we'll celebrate some of the traditions that I remember celebrating as young as I can remember being alive. Uh, The only difference we really have in our traditions now is that rather than get up at 7 a.m., we get up at 8 (laughs) a.m. I know if you're a parent of a kid, the idea of 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. on Christmas morning does sound pretty wonderful. Uh, But my parents, I think, they trawled through 20-something years of early starts. Uh, We'll all gather uh, on my parents' bed to open little presents from Santa that we get in our stockings. Uh, We'll then make our way downstairs. Uh, Everyone else quite slowly, but I kind of race downstairs because I get bored. Um, A few years ago, uh, for no real good reason, I got downstairs first, I turn on the TV, and start watching Trawler Men. Uh, Trawler Men, if you're unfamiliar, is a show about fishing or fishermen, uh, mostly in the northeast of Scotland. And it was on two years in a row, which meant it became... A Christmas tradition. (laughs) The only ones who seem to obey this are me and my brother. When everyone else comes downstairs, they turn it off quickly. Two years ago, uh, my Christmas plans got ruined and ended up being stuck in Scotland. Not saying being in Scotland for Christmas is bad. But I miss these traditions. These holy times, these times set apart and that were different. I think all of us, even the most rational among us, Enjoy that sense of something that is holy, that is different to the rest of the year, different to everyday life, something to look forward to, to enjoy, and to behold. If we all have that longing for that which is holy, then Jesus is the one to answer and fulfill that longing. As we'll see in our short passage, this Jesus is the holy one that we need and that are waiting for. You could look through the whole Bible and see the holiness of God or the holiness of God in Jesus Christ. You could look through the Gospels and see Jesus do so many miraculous things, say wonderful things, teach glorious things. The passage we're actually looking at uh, might be a surprising one to consider how holy he is. Uh, Maybe not so much to us, but to the onlookers at the time, uh, this this is a series of events that doesn't look holy at all. It's mundane and normal. Uh, it's a series uh, of events, this being Jesus being presented at the temple. That dates back to the Exodus. The people have followed this for generation after generation. And so it's just normal, regular, seeming less holy. It is not to say at all uh, that babies are normal and regular, or mundane, I should say. It's not to say at all, uh, as I've learned or heard, that childbirth is mundane. But this is a series of events that no one would have batted an eye at. Jesus presented at the temple just as any other baby would be, especially as a firstborn male would be. And yet as we dig into this passage, we'll see that there are some glorious ways we see how holy Jesus is. Now the first is in, there's a couple in verse 21. Uh, so I'll read that again. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The first way we see Jesus as holy, that is set apart. Uh, and I should have said, uh, we don't want to just think of holy as set apart. Uh, more theologically, it means to be different from the world and of likeness with God. Verse 21 shows us how Jesus is different from the world and more like God. And the first way we see that is in the naming of Jesus. Uh, the name he gets, Jesus, not actually that holy a name. It's just a regular name. Uh, in Hebrew, Yeshua. Uh, so what we have is Joshua. And there would have been loads of people round about who had that exact name. Uh, the name means God saves or the Lord is salvation. Lots of people would have run around uh, with that name. And yet when Jesus has that name, it's something different. Everyone else called Jesus was pointing towards somebody else who was salvation. They were pointing towards the Lord. Jesus with that name, Jesus, is pointing towards himself. He is saying his arrival into the world is proof that the Lord is salvation because the Lord delivers salvation through this baby Jesus Christ. His name seemed mundane and normal, but his name was holy. Because it showed us that he was the salvation of God. The way Jesus was named was holy as well. The name he was given was given by an angel. And the timing of when the angel gives the name is holy as well. It is before the baby is even conceived. Uh, Now, you for years, uh, before potentially having kids, might have had baby names in mind. Uh, I made the mistake as a 10-year-old of naively promising a couple of my friends I would name my future kids after them. (laughs) If I have a boy, they have to be called Junior. If I have a girl, it's got to be called Sophia. (laughs) But this is an angel who goes to Mary before Mary knows that she's going to have a baby and gives her this name. They wouldn't have even known until the baby was born whether the baby would be male or female, yet the angel knew when the baby would be born, who it would be, and what he should be called. The other way we see Jesus as holy in verse 21 is as we consider uh, who conceived him. He was not conceived like any other. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And uh, And though as men and women may give birth simply to men and women, the Holy Spirit begets our Holy Son. A holy one. Though in Adam all die because all sin. Though all humans born are tainted with the mark of sin that entered the world with Adam and Eve. This baby is different. It is not tainted by sin. It is holy like God's. The Holy Spirit who was there hovering over the waters in creation. Who we will worship in heaven forever. Is the one who has conceived this baby Jesus. He is unlike any other who has gone before. This Jesus is holy, given the name the Lord is salvation, given its name by an angel, conceived by the Holy Spirit, a holy, perfect, and different God, yet his arrival to earth just looks like anyone else's, born in a stable to a struggling family. Born to a nation that had undergone generations of persecution. Born to those who are hurting and struggling and in desperate needs. For many, as you approach Christmas, I imagine that there's some feelings of trepidation. This might be the first Christmas you've had without a particular loved one in the family. This might be a Christmas where it's a choice between heating the house or buying presents for the kids. There may be painful memories of Christmas long ago that still come around for us again this Christmas. Perhaps Christmas is just such a busy time that you feel like there's no opportunity to enjoy it. That as you see the joy and expectation and excitement around you, you can't quite match up to those feelings yourself as you think on Christmas. It is to you Because it is to all of us that this baby Jesus, this holy God comes to you and for you. To say that those feelings of hurt and trepidation do not need to stay. Because the one who is holy, the one who loves you, the one who made you, the one who will be with you forevermore has been born to you. The holy God is close, he is your friend this Christmas. Let's move on to verses 22 to 24, and I'll read them again. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Uh, These are some legal details that uh, people had to go through, especially after the firstborn son. Uh, The reason Luke includes them, uh, unlike some of the other authors, is that Luke's audience is Gentiles, that is non-Jews, so they would have been less familiar with all the practices of the Jewish people. Uh, Luckily for us, uh, we are in the same boat, so it's also useful that he points us to them. As I said before, these practices date back to the time of the Exodus, Uh, And so, we're actually going to spend a little bit of time in Exodus 13 uh, and also Leviticus 12. Uh, I'm sure as you approach Advent, Leviticus is the book you want to be spending time in. But it actually points us to some really beautiful pictures of what it is for Jesus to be born and what it is for Jesus to be presented like this. The first detail uh, we need to get is the quote that Luke has in verse 23. Uh, this is from Exodus 13. I'm going to read Exodus 13, 11 to 16. It's going to come up on the screen, uh, so you don't need to turn there. Uh, this is Moses speaking to the people. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, or if, not, if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time to come, your son asks you, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or frontlets between your eyes, for by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. So God's people, as they're about to enter this promised land, uh, will have a ceremony they perform with the firstborn sons to remember how God saved the firstborn sons, and by extension, uh, all the Hebrew people in the exodus. Uh, They are to mark their firstborn sons as holy to the Lord. Uh, So in a sense, as Jesus is marked holy to the Lord in this passage, it is just like any other, except these firstborn sons in the Exodus, and for generations that were designated as holy to the Lord, they never actually managed to live up to their calling. They, like everyone else, did not live up to living a holy life, but they lived a life rejecting God's. As a result, being uh, sold off into into slavery and exile so often. They also uh, had a choice to make uh, with their animals. Uh, So when an unclean animal gave birth to an unclean animal, uh, that animal would either have to be destroyed or redeemed. Uh, As they gave the example of a donkey. Uh, If a donkey was born, you could either redeem it by killing a lamb, or you would just have to kill and destroy the donkey. This Jesus, as the firstborn son of Mary, is brought to the temple to be designated as holy to the Lord. Uh, we're not given exactly what it means to be designated holy to the Lord. Uh, some thought it meant that they would go on to become the priests. Um, some thought at uh, various different things. All we know that is that it takes somebody truly holy to live up to the calling of being holy. It takes Jesus Christ. All those other firstborn sons needed to be redeemed, for they were unclean. All who have been born by nature are unclean, are unholy, and that includes all of us. Tainted and marred by sin, walking in sin, in need, just like they were, of being redeemed. The firstborn who need redeemed receive their redemption by the gift of the firstborn redeemer, Jesus Christ. It was the blood of the Lamb that saved the firstborn sons in the Exodus. And for us, it is the the blood of the Lamb that redeems us, God's people. Not just the firstborn sons among us, but all of us who would come to Christ receive our redemption by the blood of the Lamb. This baby that was born to Mary, who would grow up to go to the cross for our sins and for her sins. We are all, by nature, unclean, unholy. But by the blood of the Lamb we are redeemed and can claim the title of being a holy people. Before we even get to that picture of redemption at the cross... We see Jesus making a holy people, even in the story we read from Luke. This Jesus who is holy makes a holy people. And the first person he makes holy is his mother, Mary. Now, we're gonna, uh, I'm just going to read a couple verses from Leviticus. This is in reference to uh, verse 24. Uh, this is Leviticus 12.4. And this is a passage detailing what happens after childbirth. A woman uh, was declared unclean by the law uh, for a certain period of time. Uh, Leviticus 12.4, also on the screen, details that for us. Then she shall continue for 33 days in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are completed. Mary, as she is in our story in Luke, was declared unclean, unable to touch anything holy. All around her would have seen that, her religious leaders would have known that, she would have known that, that she was unclean, unable to touch anything holy. But the arrival of Jesus completely flips that around, because as a mother, she held her own baby, the holy Jesus. The Holy One, in contact with Mary, says that she is clean. Where formerly she could not touch anything holy, she is touching the holiest thing that has ever been on the face of the earth, Jesus Christ. And that should be an encouragement to us us all. For any of us who may feel unclean, either by how we feel about ourselves or how the world has called us, one touch from Jesus can make us clean and holy that if you have spent uh, years being nervous about coming into church because you have not felt good enough, that maybe if you're on your last straw and this is your last time trying church because uh, you don't feel like you fit in, if you feel like you've been rejected or hurt by church in the past, if you feel like you've hurt or rejected yourself or family have rejected you or you're feeling isolation or loneliness, if you're not feeling quite good enough, then join the club. And we join with Mary too. And it is not that coming to faith uh, means we just forget about those things. It means we are touched and we are cleansed and we are healed by Jesus Christ. Who looks on us and unholy holy people and says, you are clean and holy. Not because you ticked enough boxes, but because he is good. Because he makes you our holy people. What Mary brought to the Lords was a couple of sacrifices uh, for atonement: a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Uh, this was also uh, an act described in Leviticus, and so we'll read Leviticus 12 verse eight, which will also come up on the screen. Leviticus 12:8: "And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons." One for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her and she shall be clean. Uh, So a woman after giving birth is to bring to the temple a burnt offering and a sin offering. Ideally, uh, as it says in our passage, that would be a lamb. Uh, But for those who could not afford a lamb, there was a concession given. Uh, God, uh, we often think of God as he gave the law as being a harsh God who's restricting his people. Uh, but we see clearly in the law that God is always giving concessions to uh, those in need. And he says uh, you can bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. And so Mary, as a poor lady, brings exactly that. She is to bring her sacrifice to the Lord to make atonement. And she did that. She thought she was doing that by bringing these two birds with her. What well, she didn't realize if she was carrying the birds in one arm, that in her other arm was the true sacrifice for atonement, her son, Jesus. She may not have realized that he was the one who would truly atone for her, for the sins that she did to bring her back to God. We, by nature, and I've said this again and again as unclean people, separate from God's, rejecting him, are brought back into life and communion and relationship with him purely by Jesus Christ, that he is the one who is sacrificed on our behalf. They brought a a lamb to sacrifice because the lamb was innocent and unblemished. We as not innocent and not unblemished could not be a sacrifice for ourselves to atone, but Jesus Christ, who came and was perfect and righteous and holy, is the one who was a sacrifice for us, and he atoned for us gladly and joyfully. Mary brought this atoning sacrifice to the temple. She brought her son, Jesus. Jesus is holy, and he makes us a holy people. Uh, If you have been watching TV over the past while, uh, you will have been very well aware of one of the most hotly anticipated events of the year. Uh, It's also been all over social media. Uh, You can't really get away from it. And often what happens on I'm a Celebrity is that the people uh, go through life and trials and they get very dirty for various reasons. Uh, They're covered in fish cuts and all sorts of grim things. Uh, They spend life clean and then they get dirty again. Uh, Then they wash off and they go through that process day after day after day. Their cleanliness does not last. This holiness that Jesus gives us is not something we need to keep topping up. It is not a gift Uh, that we uh, still need to receive more and more. It is a gift we are given once and for all. The holiness we get is the holiness of Jesus, and so it cannot be tainted, even though we walk in a world full of sin, even though we ourselves walk like that sometimes. The holiness he gives us cannot be ruined and cannot be taken away. However you feel you are performing in the Christian life, know this, that your holiness has not changed that if you are a Christian, if you have come to Christ, Jesus Christ has given you his perfect holiness. And so that can change how we approach Christmas. For many, Christmas will be a lot of going through the same things over and over again. It can feel potentially a little mundane, it can feel overwhelming or too busy, and in that time we might uh, get ourselves into a place of feeling bad for not being able to pause and slow down and really appreciate what Christmas is all about. I'm sure we all feel that sometimes. But I want us to uh, see that as a holy people, even in those mundane or those busy times, our lives as holy people are still worshiped to God in the busyness. Romans 12 uh, tells us that in view of God's mercy, we are to offer as Offer our whole selves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That means those hours of wrapping presents or cooking food and all that stuff that keeps us busy is not separate from our lives as worshipping God. That is part of our worship. That we get to worship our holy God as our holy people in the busyness of Christmas. I hope it's also a challenge though to find the time and to make the effort that in those times of busyness, we will pause. That we will hear uh, those words of that song, oh come let us adore him, and we will just behold and gaze on Jesus Christ. That we'll see how beautiful and how lovely he is and what he has done for us. The final element of the story I want us to dwell on is how uh, Jesus flips the chronology of how the people are made holy. Uh, Consider uh, that reference from the Exodus, how it started. When you enter the promised land that God will give you, then you are to do this practice that will make you holy. You enter the promised land, and then you become holy. We, as Christians, live a life that is the other way around. Jesus Christ makes us holy, and he makes us holy for that promised land that we have a hope of. We live in this time of a second advent waiting for Jesus' return, and we wait for his return not as a people waiting to be made holy, but people who are already made holy by the blood of the Lamb. And we wait for his return where we will see this holy God in all his fullness, where we will join uh, in the eternal song together singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. the one who entered our hurt and struggling and broken world for us, that we may be made a holy people, alive to worship and to love God forevermore. This Christmas, would we adore Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we recognize you as our holy God. A God who sent his son, Jesus, into the world. This holy one, given the name before he was born, and given the name that he is salvation. And we thank you that he has made us our holy people. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Atoned for by his sacrifice. Made clean and holy like Mary is. And Lord, we look forward to that day of seeing your holiness in full in that promised land of heaven. Lord, we thank you that you make us holy for there. Lord, help us in the busyness of Christmas to adore you, to gaze upon Jesus Christ and behold his glory and adore him. Lord, you are worthy of it all. Help us to give it to you. Amen.